Chapter 1. He Bangs the Drums I was born at seven o'clock on a typically grey Mancunian morning in the summer of 1971 at St Mary's Hospital, Heathersage Road, Victoria Park in Manchester. My parents are Tony and Bridie McCarroll, Irish immigrants and dream makers both. I was their first child and as my dad held me aloft in the ward, he was already making plans for my musical upbringing. Whether to pass times on long cold nights across the water or to commemorate a fallen hero or freedom fighter, the Irish have always held musicianship in high regard. Guitars, accordions, keyboards, whistles and drums were like toys in our house. Combined with a record turntable constantly on the go, it made for a great place and time to grow up. I was the first of three boys. All three of us would become addicted to playing and enjoying music. We lived in a traditional red brick two-up, two-down on Wetherill Street, Levensume, three miles south of the centre of Manchester. The city had become a second home for many Irish since its rise as an industrial power. My dad ran a construction business, which left my mother to chase us around the house. I had a very loving and happy upbringing, though if we stepped out of line there would be the whoosh of the brush to dodge. I guess it's easy to look back on bygone days in a misty, wistful kind of way, which can be misleading. But I can honestly say I enjoyed every challenge or dare that came my way. I was that type of kid. My first challenge in life came early on, when I was only five years old. An old wooden World War II demob hut still stood on Chapel Street in Levensume. The building had been turned into a dole office first and then a nursery. I was busy minding my own business at this nursery one day when I was plucked up and sat in front of a television camera. The cameras had arrived along with a group of oddly dressed strangers who didn't dress and talk the way my mum and dad did. They laid in front of me an array of toys and games and a very nice young lady told me I could play with whatever I wanted. I immediately grabbed a pair of wooden drumsticks that lay on one side and began to hammer away on anything within striking distance. The film later appeared on a flagship BBC children's programme called Play School. When the camera shot through the square window, I was revealed, clutching that pair of drumsticks, banging away. A spark had been lit. The sun beat down on the street outside my house, transforming the tarmac to a warm, pliable licorice. It was the summer of 1976, famously a scorcher. I was using the melted tarmac as paint to daub my name on the baking pavement when I first heard the noise. Bum, bum, thud. Bum, bum, thud. Bum, bum, thud. The noise came from a very large drum strapped to a teenage member of the boys' brigade who was ferociously beating out his rhythm despite the blistering conditions. Behind him came the rest of the boys, marching in time while completing rolls on the snares. I was amazed. A boys' brigade band, kitted out and in full uniform, and marching down those tight Mancunian terrace streets on such a hot day, did they actually want them to faint or what? The sight of that large bass drummer had left me captivated, though. Each blow delivered to his skins directed and drove the other musicians wherever he wanted to lead them. Like the Pied Piper, he would speed up the tempo when they were marching through some of the area's more dangerous spots, then slow down if the route was lined by more senior citizens of the community, who would wave and reminisce about the days when the British Empire still meant something. I ran behind the drummer and shot questions at him, 
How can I play the drums? Who taught you to play? Will you teach me? Now, I understand that the combination of the pressure of leading the band and trying to stay hydrated, not to mention staying conscious and keeping in time, can lead a person to become somewhat short-tempered. But still, I don't believe it justifies cracking a six-year-old kid in the face with a fucking drumstick. It stung. But funnily, the main thing I remember now was that he never lost the beat. He simply slipped the assault into a break in the music. Despite this potentially off-putting attack, I was totally transfixed. The love affair had begun. I immediately raced home to tell my mother and father that I had abandoned my ambition to become the six million dollar man.